let me begin with telling you a story. Now, this story happened over 2,000 years ago in a town of Bethlehem. It's a story of the miraculous and of humble beginnings. It was an introduction of a baby, and not just any baby, but let me get to that part. Now, about nine months before this big day, our story picks up in the town of Nazareth in Galilee. A young teenage girl was competing, completing her daily chores as she was daydreaming about her upcoming wedding. And as she put her bucket back into the barn, the ground shook, and a man was now standing there. Not like any man she's seen before. And then this angel spoke. As you would expect, this girl was scared. She was troubled. She was shaken. She looked face to face with a representation of the Lord on high. The angel told her something that not only sh shocked her, but shocked her family and her fiancé. The angel told her that she would give birth to a son and that she would call him Jesus. And then he dropped the big news, that he would be great, and that he would be called the Son of the Most High. He would be the Messiah that they've been waiting for. Months go by and Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman Empire. Everyone went to their, hometown, their hometowns to register. So Joseph and Mary made the long journey from Nazareth to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. As you would expect, the town was packed. Every room, inn, and bed was full. This young couple found themselves staying the night in a stable. And then it happened, her first contraction. The baby was on his way. Joseph did everything he could to make her comfortable. And then Mary gave birth to her first son. It was a son, and they named him Emmanuel, which means God with us. For to us a child was born, and to us is given, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Can I pray for our message this morning, or this evening? Sorry. Different time of day. Father God, um, God, we hear this story for some of us a hundred times. We know how you came to earth as a baby. And for some of us, it may be new to us. But God, wherever we sit on that spectrum, God, speak to our hearts today. We know it's not by accident that we're sitting in this room. We know, it, we know it's not by accident that we're worshiping you, our King. God, speak to our hearts as we dive into your scripture. We pray these things in your son's precious name. Amen. <clears throat> if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Luke chapter 2 today. If you don't have your Bibles, don't worry. It's going to be on the, the verse will be on the screen. We're going to start in verse 8. But before we get there to the verse, let me give you a little bit of background. See, from generation to generation, they've been waiting for this coming king. They've been waiting for this conquering king. They're waiting for this man that was going to come and, and remove the oppression of the Romans and give Israel their land back. They expected him to come in all his power. But as some of us know, Jesus showed up in all his humility to the ordinary. And as we look at these verses today in Luke chapter 2, um, we're looking at these verses from the perspective of, of maybe a more minor characters 
in the story. It's not Mary, it's not Joseph, it's not Jesus, it's the shepherds. We're going to look at this encounter that the shepherds have, um, one with, with the Almighty through his angels, and two as they encounter the Messiah for the first time. So follow along with me, and starting in verse 8, <clears throat> excuse me, it says, In the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over their flocks. Then an angel of the Lord sh- uh, stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified, as you would expect. Now, about you? But if I was sitting as one of these shepherds and we're, we're sitting around the fire, probably trying to keep warm, it's cold out, we're in the middle of nowhere, trying to keep an eye on, on our flock and probably taking turns, and then all of a sudden, this moment, there's an angel standing there, the light shining around me, probably much brighter than the fire that was sitting uh, in front of me, like, we're going to be shaken. But the crazy part of the story isn't how God showed up. We expect God to show up that way. He's God. But it's the shepherds. Why do he pick the shepherds? Why not the religious leaders? Why not the ones that really stuck to the law and kept things tight? He chose the shepherds, the outcasts, the ones that were left out of of many circles in, in that day that were important. The ones that had plenty of flaws that the world could see around them. God chose to look at them. God chose to see them. God chose the ordinary. I don't know about you, but, but for me, like, there's a piece of that that speaks to me because I would say I'm pretty ordinary. Like, I, I'm not the one that has it all together, not one that, that knows all the right answers, though sometimes I think I do, which is probably another flaw in itself. But I, I can relate to that of like, yeah, the ordinary, I can relate to that. And if God chose them, why not? Why can't God cho- choose me? He didn't come for the religious or the perfect. He came for the ordinary. The ones that don't have it figured out. The sinful. He came for you and me. Let me tell you, kind of, let me paint a picture for you. We'll be a few hours from now, you're probably going to be home. The fire may be, may be blaring. You have the Christmas decorations all throughout the house and the tree flickering in the corner. I mean, you're, you're sitting there finally getting comfortable. The family's all getting along. It's a perfect Christmas evening. Then you hear a knock at the door. Or maybe you get a notification on your phone if you have a ring doorbell or something like that. But you get that knock on your door, and you're like, that's strange. Maybe it's a neighbor with cookies. That'd be cool. I mean, you get up, and you go to the door, and you answer it, and it's your doctor. Not who I expected to see on Christmas Eve. And if you're in pretty healthy shape, a doctor's visit's pretty strange. Especially if he just says, hi, how's it going? You, things good? And on Christmas Eve, and then leaves? But this is the issue with a lot of us in, in Christianity. This is the issue with those looking at Christianity. Because when we think that we're in good, we think that we're set, we think that we're healthy, we really struggle to understand Jesus and why he came. But the reality is when we start to embrace that and recognize, oh yeah, there are things going on. Yeah, I am not perfect. I do screw up. I do cause harm to those I love and those around me. I do say things I wish I didn't say. I do do things that cause you know, destruction in my wake. Like, I know me. And I think if we're all honest with ourselves, we would say, yeah, we're not good. There's a reason Jesus had to come. When we start to embrace that idea, we start to really understand that, yeah, I am inadequate. 
Yeah, I do have flaws. This is where the Christmas story really starts to come to life. This is why Jesus really came. See, the message of Christmas is not get your house tidy, get the food just right, pretend that your family is actually like you portray them on Instagram, and then God will bless you. No, the Christmas story, and really the Jesus story, is about God knows you. He knows that you need help. He knows that you've wandered away. And he's come for you anyways. If you're taking notes, this is our first um, point for Christmas. If you really want to get into the Christmas season, really want to understand what this is all about, acknowledge your imperfections. Acknowledge your imperfections. Jesus didn't come for the perfect. He came for the imperfect. He came for you and me. Let's keep going to the verse in verse 10. But the angel said to them, remember this is to the shepherds, don't be afraid. Look, I have proclaimed to you the good news of great joy that will be all, to all the people. Today in the city of David, a Savior was born, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped tightly in clothes and lying in a manger. See, the shepherds have been hearing this story about the Messiah their entire lives. Their granddad used to sit them on their lap and he would tell them about the coming Messiah. He was the one that was going to make it all right. He was going to fix it for us. And his dad would say the same stories over and over again. The Messiah, he's coming. He's going to make it better. I don't know. Maybe along the way they heard the story over and over again and they started to believe maybe it's not real. Maybe it's not true. Or maybe there's that, that glimmer of hope they still held on to that he is coming. We just don't know when. But as they sat in this moment uh, or this, this, this situation where they were trying to figure out is the Messiah coming? What joy it would have been that just overcame them that they just found out the Messiah is here. The one that was going to fix everything. He's arrived. He's shown up. He came for you. Let me read that again. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid. For look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the city of David, a Savior has been born to you, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you that the baby was wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly, the magnitude of heavenly hosts with the angel praising God and saying glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to the people he favors. And then the angels left them and returned to heaven. And it was all over. As quickly as they arrived, they were gone. And the shepherds were now sitting back around their fire, thinking, what are they next? What next were we supposed to do? Well, let's look at their response. Let's see what they did. Um, halfway through verse 15, the shepherds said to one, to one another, let's go at some point, maybe sometime, you know, sometime in the near future. No, let's go straight. Let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they slowly took their time, mosey along. No, they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. 
They didn't sit around. They didn't debate and where to go next. They didn't take care of those last minute details. They didn't say, hey, John, I got to run home real quick and take care of some stuff. No, the priority was set that they were heading off to Bethlehem to meet the Messiah, the Savior. If you're taking notes, here's your next point. How do we really get into this season of Christmas? We seek Jesus. They dropped everything and Jesus became number one. They started chasing after Jesus. You really want to experience what this, this Christmas season's really about? Seek Jesus. Not just now in these weeks, but, but with your life. Seek Jesus. You want a better way to do it? Seek Jesus. If it's not working out for you up until this point where you thought your life would be in a different place than it is, seek Jesus. If you're still getting angry and frustrated and, and, and uh, whatever another word for angry and frustrated would be, <laughs> seek Jesus. And what does seeking Jesus look like? Well, it starts with being honest with where you're at. Are you seeking Jesus now? Do you know who Jesus is? Can you call Jesus Lord and Savior, or do you call Jesus this nice guy that's off in the distance? I'm not saying any of those places are necessarily wrong. I'm saying just know where you're at. You've got to know where your starting place is. If we're going to seek Jesus, we have to be honest with where we're at. Then you've got to find good community around you that love Jesus. You need to grab people around you that are going to help you, guide you, teach you, correct you. All in love. All in your best interest. But walk with those people. If you're going to seek Jesus, you need to be honest with these, this community. You need to be honest with God. No more Instagram lives. We don't need to put everything on, you know, on, on social media and look how great our lives in when, when it's not the reality of what's really going on. When we seek Jesus, it's getting down to the reality of who we are, the good, bad, and ugly. The great pieces of us and the pieces we wish didn't exist of us. That's what we chase. We seek Jesus. We choose honesty with God and with our community. And the last is this, at least for this season. We could go on and on and really at seeking Jesus, but... I'm going to give you some practical principles. Last one is this. If you've never read the account of Jesus' life, start there. Get to know the guy. Um, we have Bibles in the back here. That's just the book of John. Um, it's a great place to start to just learn who is Jesus and what is he about. They're free. Take them. Um, you just walk over and grab them. You don't even have to tell anyone that you took one. Well, no, when we count them at the end of the night. Just kidding. We didn't count them. Um, they're, they're, they're journaling Bibles. So on one side is the story of Jesus' life. On the other side is a blank page. So if you're going to journey with Jesus, write things down. Write questions. Things that you're like, I didn't know that about him. Or, or I have this question, this doesn't make sense. Or um, God, how does this apply to me in my life? Like, are you talking to me? And journey with Jesus that way. In the midst of those conversations, be honest with God. In the midst of your community, be honest with them. Seek Jesus. Let's keep going to verse 17. After seeing them, they reported this message they were told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary was treasuring up all of these things in her heart and meditating on them. Verse 20, the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. Jesus came to the ordinary. 
came to shepherds, outcasts, people that didn't have it all together. God showed up in a pretty miraculous way, and they got to meet the Messiah first, most likely. God's coming for you. Nothing too bad that you've done. No belief that you may have that God is not more than capable of chasing after you for. He loves you so much, he wants to take you exactly where you're at, but he loves you too much that he doesn't want to leave you there. The plans that he has for your life, the things that he wants to do, the ways he wants to shape and mold you, they're going to blow you away. A verse for me that, that I quote quite often in a life verse for me is when Jesus, uh, Jesus quoted saying, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Maybe we've experienced that part of life. But I have come to give you life and give it to the full. I want to get to the end of my life and be like, man, Jesus, what a ride. The places you took me, the things that you, you let me do, the people you let me impact, I never thought you'd choose me for those things. But that's seeking Jesus. That's, that's realizing that this isn't just a belief system or idea. It's a relationship. And this is the message that we get to carry to those we come in contact right into our world, our coworkers and our neighbors, our friends, our family. We get to seek Jesus, and we get to share Jesus with them. And that's exactly what the, the shepherds did right here. And God's interested in shaping our lives. He's, he'll stop at nothing and no one for that message to be heard. The response from the people is, as the shepherds shared this message in verse 17. After seeing them, they reported... Uh, Sorry, this is verse 17 again. After seeing them, they reported the message that they were told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. We must do exactly as the shepherds did as we seek Jesus. And that's tell everyone. And this is where the message, your final point, the, the title of tonight's message is go tell it on the mountain. Jesus said it this way. He said, no one lights a lamp. That worked. That was sweet. No one lights a lamp, then hides it in a drawer, and puts that, they put that lamp on a stand entering a room so everyone that enters may have light. Jesus entered the world of the light of the world. He entered in humility as a baby, but this light is powerful. This light can pierce darkness. This light can go to the darkest of places and, and bring restoration. And this is the light we get to carry with us. It's the light of Christ. You really want to experience this Christmas season in all its glory? Acknowledge your imperfections. Seek Jesus and go tell it on a mountain. Let me pray for us. Father God, um, it's easy to get busy. It's easy to miss the point. It's easy to forget to seek you and chase after you. God, no matter our place, no matter our beliefs, no matter if we think we're good enough or not, God, it's in the midst of those places, in the midst of those dark places, God, that you bring light and bring restoration to our lives and the lives around us. God, give those that know you as our Lord and Savior boldness to share that truth to share the, the life that you've given them. God, to share just the impact that you've had on who they are and how they see this world for all the better. 
We love you. We thank you that you came in your power and in your humility. We thank you that you went to the cross. We thank you that you restored relationship with us. We love you. We pray these things in your son's precious name. Amen.